welcome back to the Blair Her Name podcast, where your hosts from both coasts dive into all of the subtext of Xena the Warrior Princess, and some subtext that isn't that subtle, too. My name is Ray Noble. I am a queer writer from the Pacific Northwest, dabbling mostly in urban fantasy and paranormal romance. I have all four of my animals in my recording room with me today, so there may be some adorable animal noises, but aside from that, that's me. And here's my amazing co-host. <laughs> Thank you, Ray. Um, hi, everyone. I'm Elliot Junkyard. I am a queer writer and artist living in the mountains of Pennsylvania. Um, I write stories about queer witches. Queer witches. <laughs> queer witches. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and queer airship pirates. And today I made a full wreath for my front door. Okay, can you expand on what the wreath looks like? Okay, it's, um, I bought a grape, like a plain grapevine wreath from work, and then it's got like yellowish off-white flowers starting in one side, and then it goes like to yellow, orange, and then down to red, and then I put some like fake apples on it and a pumpkin on it. Oh my god, that's literally adorable. <laughs> I, I'm literally pulling up Instagram right now so I can go see it. And for anybody who would also like to go see it, it is on Elliot's Instagram, which is the same as his Twitter. Oh my god, it's adorable! It's like a fall rainbow. <laughs> god, you're such an asshole. Why are you so good at everything? Okay. And Elliot's entire Instagram is also just filled with his amazing, crafty, and creative and artistic abilities because someone is too talented for their own good. Anyway. So, Elliot also has books for sale, and you can find those all on his Twitter and also linked in the description. I even mentioned the books this time. I know. <laughs> Uh, we've already done this today because somebody is recording screwed up. So Elliot and I have already done all of these and we're so sorry. <laughs> what episode are we talking about today? Good Elliot. All right. Today we are talking about season one, episode nine, Death in Chains, <laughs> which originally aired November 13th, 1995. When ailing King Sisyphus is visited by Celesta, goddess of death, he holds her captive. Unable to hold her death candle, it quickly begins to melt away, and all of mankind is unable to die, even when fatally wounded. It is up to Xena and Gabrielle, with the help of a new friend, to rescue Celesta before the candle burns out. Amazing. That's. I feel like that's the longest intro, well not intro, but like IMDB snippet that we've had, because usually it's like a sentence. Yeah. yeah. And most, like, cohesive. Like, all of these things are, like, things that happen and nothing is weirdly, like, vague and misleading. That's true. And also, I think this is one of the first episodes I've seen that all of the plots, that, like, the main plot and the subplot both have the same purpose. Yes. So they actually, like, make sense together, weirdly enough. Yeah, it, like, works together. <laughs> Weird. Okay, I'm actually... So this is already my second favorite episode aside from episode three. And I'm pretty happy with that now knowing that like an understanding that they did a decent job of connecting everything for once. I'm really impressed. This is the first. It only took us how, 
is this episode nine nine episodes to get into this to do this (laughs) good job and honestly i think anything would be better after the episode that we just watched so maybe i just have such low expectations i don't know either way this episode begins in a fancy castle on a hill and we are introduced to king sisyphus and Elliot, I believe you have a miniature rant to go on about King Sisyphus. All right. I I had a rant. Well, I, my rant still stands because they don't address it at all. See, you're like, still angry. <laughs> I am still angry. So um, Sisyphus is a very well-known myth in Greek mythology. And I wikipedia it. And apparently at some point, one of the things that Sisyphus was being punished for with the whole, like, pushing a rock up a hill thing was that he captured Hades and chained him up. Oh, so that's probably where they got this from, but they, no one mentions it. Like no one mentions it. It's not like they leave and are like, wow, you really dodged a bullet there. Sisyphus. You could have been remember it as a real asshole or like, I'm so confused because what's the, what was the point? Because they added in, this character, Celesta, who is essentially a Grim Reaper, and she is said to be Hades' sister, but Hades is a Big 12 god, so if he, if Celesta is one of his siblings, then she would also be a Big 12 god, thus making it a Big 13, and she doesn't exist, and yeah. it doesn't make any sense. Uh, Hades has three sisters, and none of them are named Celesta. She's completely made up. Exactly. So it just doesn't make sense why they changed that. And they did have an actor for Hades, so why didn't they just use Hades? Yeah, or if they were, like, really bent on it being a girl who did this and was all whatever, like, why not use Hestia, which is the actual name Mm -hmm. of his sister? Exactly. She's supposed to be, like, you know, one of those, like, virgin goddess types. So, like, that was the aesthetic that Celesta is, is putting on. So, just, like, what? it's not like Hestia is copyrighted. It's not like Disney owns her. <laughs> no, it doesn't make any sense. It just feels lazy to me. It feels like they didn't care enough. And they were like, well, we're just going to make our own mythology now. So, here we go. Yeah. It's like, oh, okay. Sisyphus totally chained up Hades once. Great. But how can we shoehorn a hot girl into this? Exactly. As if there aren't enough hot women in this show to begin with. Right? Offended that one would think they needed more. But also, I I mean, thank you for all of the hot ladies. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't want them to think I don't appreciate it. <laughs> I mean, like, Celeste's aesthetic is great. Like, she does this weird, like, floating thing. Yeah. She doesn't walk. She floats. And that's a good, like, effect for this show, TBH. Yeah, I was impressed. I was impressed by that, not gonna lie. So, essentially, Sisyphus decides it's a good idea to capture her per what the actual imdb explanation said and he basically invites her to sit down in a bondage chair which is exactly yeah, what this, it was this shit was weird because it was like here sit at the head of the table you're our guest of honor and she's like oh this is so nice and then like arm restraints come up like she's you know at the little shop of horrors dentist or something right and know? on top of that this moment Shows that they've created science, basically, because 
Karis is like, what sort of magic is that? And he's like, oh, I created it with like a system of rigs and like electric currents or something like that. I don't even remember what he said, but it was something that it was like very obviously this is their attempt at science. <laughs> yeah, it was like hand wavy science. I have brain powers. Right. And obviously these brain powers are more like powerful than the magic of the gods. So I feel like there's a lot of shit going on in this episode that just didn't necessarily need to happen, but it's fine. It's it's fine. It's yeah, fine. It's something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, oh, here we go. My exact notation is BDSM bind- bindings and science outwitting a god. This is too heavy an episode for Xena. <laughs> <laughs> Because I really do feel like they are bringing up some heavy topics here, and I'm a little concerned. But they they gloss right over it. They don't decide to, you know, dig deep, so it's fine. Oh, Gabrielle got a costume change, which is so far my favorite thing about this episode. She moves from her, like, big, innocent, I'm a... Like, long skirt. Yeah, like, long skirted, hippie, flowy, everything. Right, like, I'm an innocent maid still. It, you like it's a, it, you can tell that it's what she wore when she was like living on a farm with her family and yeah. in this episode when we see Zena and Gabrielle for the first time Gabrielle is now in a brand new outfit that looks a little bit more comfortable for traveling i would say it's like a leather skirt with a like nice fabricy like thing on the top i don't know i liked it it was good you should you should go watch the episode so you can see it cuz i'm real bad at explaining these things yeah, the shirt is a midriff shirt now, so she's showing some skin. Mm-hmm. She's getting more comfortable with herself, obviously. If she Gabrielle never shows quite as much skin as Zena does, but she gets close. Yeah, she's very obviously feeling more comfortable in the fact that she doesn't feel like she has to wander around like a innocent maiden. I bet the reason why she did this is because of that entire sequence in the Titans episode where she gets called a virgin multiple times. <laughs> I bet that's why. And she's just like, I can't look like a virgin. She's mad about it. <laughs> Super mad about it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So the um, the douchebag soldiers are about to show up. <laughs> oh, right. Oh, yes. Toxius. Yes. Yes. Toxius. That's, oh, what a name. What a name. I couldn't, I still can't even that they actually named this dude Toxius. But yes. If you were wondering, he is, in fact, the living embodiment of toxic masculinity. It was perfect and beautiful. Good job, guys. Good job. <laughs> okay, so what exactly are they doing? We just get introduced. My All of my notes here are literally, I can, oh my god, oh my god, Toxius, 20 question marks. <laughs> um, I think he and his um, army or whatever the fuck are doing the the typical... I'm going to be the one that kills Xena. Bullshit. Oh, of course. It's like, did you ever notice how Xena's still alive? Did you think you were the first person to try and kill her? Obviously. No. Everyone tries to kill her. The fact that she's still alive means they failed. (laughs) Like you are too. But. You dumb. But toxic masculinity. (laughs) Apparently. So. Somebody goes over to try to kill Xena. Xena basically kills him, or would usually kill him. But because Celesta has been captured, nobody nobody dies. 
so he kind of just like lies there and they leave him and then he wakes up and is like i'm alive and for some reason immediately knows that because he is alive nobody else is also able to die he just knows this i think at first he thinks like he's a god now and then when he meets back up with his um bullshit crew bullshit crew he tries to kill one of them I think he I think he kills the or tries to kill the the guy who took his place as like leader of the toxic masculinity bros. Oh, okay. And and then when that guy doesn't die, he's like, "Oh, no one can die. Let's all let's all die and then not something." I do not understand his thought process throughout the entirety yeah, of this episode, but it's fine. It gets the point across. We get it. So, at least there's that. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. After, after Xena and Gabrielle, like, right away, because basically Xena kills, or thinks she kills Toxius, and his, his crew just bails on him. Like, she kills Toxius, and they just run away, like, scared little school kids. Yeah, they, <laughs> they have don't no interest in him. him no interest. They're like, bitch, no, bye. But then this gothic beauty <laughs> rides off <laughs> in a chariot of, like, with black horses. Oh my god, yes, I forgot about and this. And like, all of this like, dark garb. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> and introduces himself as Hades. Well, I think I think he already knows Xena, right? Like, Xena knows it's Hades. It's not like she's like, who the fuck are you? Yeah, she, I mean, she seems to be familiar with all the gods at this point. Hades uh, is like, so look, Xena. <laughs> <laughs> This dumbass kidnapped my sister. <laughs> Can you help a boy out? He, literally, that's basically what he does. And he's very pretty, which is weird. He is very pretty. I like, but he also looks very tired. So tired. I just, every single time I see any rendition of Hades, I just want him to look so exhausted. <laughs> that's all I want. And like, and like fed up, just like done <laughs> with this bullshit. Exactly. That's a, that is Hades in a nutshell, and that is the only way that I will ever tolerate seeing him in any manifestation. Just tired and done with your shit. <laughs> so yeah, he basically asks Zena for help, and Zena's like, "Of course I'll do it." I mean, she doesn't say those words exactly because you know. Zena, but essentially she's she immediately is like yes this is a quest that i will do because honestly every Zena episode is just Zena taking on a mini quest to be a good person kind of her thing yeah exactly so she goes to do that and let's see floppy hair boy comes in soon doesn't he oh yeah yeah i think they i don't know if they stumble upon like the remains of a battle like just some random battle or what but it's like or a plague or something it's a group of people that should be dead because they're they're dying but like they can't die so they're just like lying around in agony basically. yeah because not dying when uh, you should be dying does not feel good yeah um and a very cute floppy hair boy shows up and all three of them start tending to these poor pathetic people oh it is sad because they are sad and pathetic Okay, and let's see. Of course, Gabrielle and Floppy Hair Boy have instant chemistry. Stuff happens. People are dying. Yeah, there's another fight because this is when Toxius shows back up with his people and tries to wreck it again. And at one point, Xena uses the chakram as a saw blade. I don't remember how it happens. I just remember she throws it and it like literally saws through a tree branch. 
Oh my god, yeah, I forgot about that. Both amazing and terrible. And as so many things are on this show. <laughs> that's basically this entire show. It's just it's so good and it's so bad all at the same time. Let's see. I feel like it took forever to get to the point where things actually happened in the episode, actually, which is weird. Because now I'm, I'm yeah, just like trying to think about. There was kind of a lot of filler plot because then it was a lot of making you feel bad for the people who can't die filler. Yeah. Because after after this weird remains of a battle, then they like take all these dying people to like a healing house or something and then there's this like sad old lady that's like i saw the light and i was about to go and then i got pulled back and i was like oh god why is this happening oh my god i know that was really sad and then basically gabrielle finds out that if xena goes to like save celesta she's gonna end up dying because whoever touches celesta is gonna die because obviously she's a god of death and touching her is what get, kills you Ooh, this is very dead like me actually yeah i was just thinking that yeah i mean of course if it comes to brian fuller shows you and i will eventually get there <laughs> <laughs> it's real <laughs> anyway yeah so basically she explains those things and gabrielle's like gasp i must go tell her tell my friend my girlfriend so she doesn't die and then she takes floppy boy ahead with her and floppy boy knows secrets about the castle for some reason because suddenly he grew up inside the castle and so he knows how to get there and he knows how to get into the places and yeah so oh yeah that's right he's like his parents worked in the castle and or they were servants or some some shit like that and he's like i know the king and i could talk some sense into him and also i know these secret passages yeah and it's basically like some super rando out of nowhere backstory just to fit into the plot real quick just to make it easy yeah just basically just to provide a reason for this cute floppy haired boy to be here like yeah as their new friend it's not he's not just quite so rando he's only like sort of rando yeah and it, it i don't know it's just one of those things where you could tell that they probably spent too much time trying to hype up the fact that you know good innocent people are dying and not enough on figuring out how to get from point A to point B. So they were like, oh, this is this is how we get from, from point A to point B. This this dude, we're going to give him this backstory real quick. And he knows secrets into the tunnels of the castle. And you're just like, oh, okay. I, I mean, I guess this is happening. Okay. Oh, I think there's some more shit where the, the king is like up on his bullshit about how this is so great for everyone. And I went on a, a mini rant about how there's like a million Greek afterlives. <laughs> like, you did. Yes. And then, oh, there's, there's so many. Like Xena is the one that I remember like being confused about this as a child because they, they go to like three or four of the different afterlives throughout the course of the series. Of course. And I was like, I was just like, whoa, Greek mythology is so cool. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So there's lots of those things. And then we find out Toxius's new mission is to, instead of killing Xena, is to force her to be on his side. Yeah. So part of that is he's he's got to kill her because then, you know, she has to not let death go because then she's or else she'd die. Right. Know? And so... I don't really know where his logic was in this situation, but it definitely wasn't there. <laughs> the logic was just gone. So, I don't know. I have no idea about 
anything that Noxius is doing in this. But yeah, so essentially he keeps chasing after Xena because he can and he decides that's his new life goal since he's dead but he's alive gabrielle has a b- another big boner for floppy hair and we discovered that the reason that gabrielle likes all the pretty boys is because they all look like girls totally relevant totally legit i mean i i've been there it's a lesbian or woman loving woman rite of passage i feel <laughs> <laughs> you like pretty boys because you you feel you must i did go through a hyper masculine stage too but then i realized that my my general taste swings towards studs and butch women now so i feel like that didn't do anything (laughs) anyway sorry don't mind me let's let's move on okay Uh, I just felt like this wasn't a gay enough episode, so I need to obviously, like, up my own queerness levels real hard today. Let's... Okay, let's see. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. I think Toxia says this. Uh, without death, she has no way to defeat her opponents. Oh, right. Yes. It's like, but Xena isn't trying to, like, just win against people for the sake of bragging rights, living embodiment of toxic masculinity. Yep. She's defending innocent people. And what I don't understand, I mean, on top of that, too, is that if she doesn't have a way to defeat her opponents, then how does he have a way to defeat opponents? Everything that he says, it's a rubber, it's a rubber and glue scenario. Everything he says bounces off of her and right back onto him. Because it's not like the rules aren't different for him. Exactly. Like, no, it's not just people that Xena kills. It's it's everybody. It's nobody's dying, dude. So the people that you kill, your opponents, supposedly, will also not die. So how are you defeating your opponents? Oh, the logic. It's gone. There was there was none. So once they're in the castle, there's like 9,000 booby traps. Natch. Of course. Uh, there's some more shit about how Sisyphus is like bragging about how he cheated death. And doesn't seem to realize that cheated is the word he should be focusing on here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And floppy hair boy starts having problems at this time, too. Oh, yeah. He, like, clutches his heart and kind of scoots over to the side so Zena and Gabrielle don't notice. Yeah. And we don't really, I don't, is it ever explained exactly what it is? Except he's just No, I think it's, yeah, it's just like some weird hand wavy, like, I started having pain at this point. And- so we find out that the floppy-haired boy who has become the heterosexual smokescreen for Gabrielle this episode is slowly dying and he basically should be dead. Slash was going to where he was going so that he could die. Um, I was on his way back home to like say goodbye to his parents or something. Yeah, something like that. Like he, he was trying to say goodbye to something. And yeah, so that's sad. And does Xena finds out before Gabrielle, right? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I think during the booby traps, they they get separated and like Xena falls in a hole and then uh, Floppy Hair falls in the hole with her. Right. And, and she falls when... for approximately five hours. Yeah. Yep. This is the second episode in a row that there have been large holes that she falls into. Yeah. And like her scream just like goes on and yep. on 
And she falls. And it's not even a good scream. It's like, ah. It's not like a legitimate, oh god, I'm legitimately falling and I'm terrified. Like, no. It's at all. Uh, More stuff happens. Land of booby traps. Karis with the bad hair. Oh, yeah. I think that's where when Xena and Talos get out of whatever hole they're in, they find Karis and she's like, I'll take you to the king and you can try and talk sense into him because he's gone fucking nuts. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, because they end up in this weird dungeon-y scenario that isn't really a dungeon. It's like a fancy, like, heated nursery area with (laughs) uh, very fancy plants and then random, like, bronze bars. (laughs) I mean, I wouldn't want to be in that dungeon. It looks like a spa. You know. That's what Sisyphus does, apparently, with his decor. Obviously. So, you know. Yeah, he basically, he he eventually, like, goes over and knows that Xena will be there for some reason. And I wonder if it's just because he knows, like, the booby traps are supposed to lead that person there, whatever. I don't know. But he goes over to go see Xena and is like, Xena, I've caught you. And then Karis turns around. And she's like, no, you haven't. And he's like, my wife. And then basically Karis is like, you're going crazy. You have to let them help you. And then like demands that he speak to Xena and Xena and floppy haired dude. I literally don't remember his name. Oh, I found it in my notes. Good job, Ray. His name is Talis. Yeah, I, I totally forgot it too until I looked at the notes. Totally forgot it. I just happened to scroll to the right spot at the right time. I don't know if I even used his no- his name any other time in my notes because it hasn't popped up so far. It's just been floppy hair. <laughs> anyway, and they're both like, Talis, how are you? Blah, blah, blah. And so Xena and Talis are there and like Karis tries to talk some sense into Sisyphus and it only kind of works. Yeah, I think they do, they do something where... He eventually realizes that not dying isn't the same as being invincible. Yeah, I think Talis kind of explains his situation and is like, I am in pain and you know me and I should be dead. So could you please let me die? Sort of scenario. Yeah. And it's like, hey, buddy, guess what? You're like 70 and you've lived your life. And this is like a maybe 20 year old that's like please let me die exactly maybe you can man up and just accept your fate already yeah and for the record like sisyphus doesn't seem to have anything obviously wrong with him he is not sick he is not weak he is for all intents and purposes like a healthy old man at the moment and so on top of that this just doesn't make any sense there because even when like towards the end when he does admit it and he's like asking her to take him she's like it's not your time yeah like the the i think there's a line about how he's you know he's ailing but he's not obviously not sick enough that he can't like it's not like he's bedridden you know he's probably just like getting old like that could be all they mean by ailing you know like he had a cold last week and also he's 70 exactly like there's there's nothing crazy going on with him he does not seem like he's on his deathbed he is not having heart attacks or anything he just seems like he's just you know he's just an older dude probably a little bit more sensitive to the world like that seems like it's that but yeah so essentially somehow he is talked into releasing celesta and so 
the group of them all walk into the great hall where she's being held and her candle is turning into a stub and she's slowly slumping forward in her BDSM chair. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it is. Oh. And then fucking Toxus shows up and they've they've captured Gabrielle and Gabrielle like as they bust in, she's like, Zena, don't touch death. And Gabrielle is so concerned. And Zena's just like, yeah, Duh. I know. That's <laughs> <laughs> like obvious. It's like Death Quest 101, dude. <laughs> Obviously, Gabrielle really needs to go to Bard Academy because she is missing out on some stuff that she needs. This is like basic, <laughs> basic level Bard storytelling shit. Yeah, come on, you know. Gabrielle. I like better than you from you. Exactly. So, yeah, Toxius has, like, captured her. And so Xena, of course, has to fight Toxius. And Toxius is like, you have to join me. And she's like, no, bro. <laughs> so there's that. And I don't remember how they undo the bindings. Do I have? I think, I think they might, like throw one of Sisyphus's like magic smoke bombs in his face or something and then go rescue her. Oh, right. Yeah. Cause there's, Oh no. Cause okay. At the very beginning of the episode, Celesta asks what sort of sorcery the chair is. And he explains to Karis that the chair is science. Now Sisyphus has a magical staff that is throwing smoke bombs at people. Yeah. And he, he I think he does it a couple times throughout the episode. It's like, I mean, I guess the smoke bombs are technically also science, but he's using it like sorcery. Right. So what exactly is the truth here? I don't know. Unclear. <laughs> Unclear. Somebody get me the truth. <laughs> That's all I want is the truth. Uh, yeah. So basically they free Celesta and her candle like magically grows. <laughs> It's like the tallest the candle I've ever seen. It's like a foot and a half tall candle. Okay, but how does the candle and like her holding it have anything to do with whether or not the candle shortens? I have no idea. I have, And also, wouldn't that be like, I always found that weird when, you know, just like magical creatures in general, like I have to hold on to this thing all the time. And I'm like, how do you go to the bathroom? Right. Like, does your life what force if, just slowly drift away as you're shitting? Like, what about when you're sleeping? Do you not sleep? Like, do you not poop as a god? I don't understand. I mean, I <sighs> guess you might not need to, but it just seems like a weird caveat, <laughs> you know? Oh, I agree. I understand that. Uh, I agree. It's confusing and it's strange and I don't get it. I don't know. I don't know. But either way, she like immediately touches it and it grows to be like seven feet. Okay, it's not like seven feet, but it's it's unnecessarily <laughs> tall, okay? Yeah, it is a very large candle. And then she basically just like, you know, takes out the entire force of Toxius and his douchebag bros. And I think they all like disappear into flames or ash or something. They're ash. clearly going they're clearly going to one of the bad people underworlds. <laughs> exactly. Obviously they have they have a, a location that they need to get to. <laughs> Yeah, and then she says to Sisyphus, like, oh, it's not your time yet. But floppy hair, it is your time. Yep. And that's how Gabrielle finds out that her heterosexual smokescreen for the episode is, in fact, dying. And so she has a moment of like, oh, my God, oh, no. And you think that they're going to kiss goodbye, but then they just hug. 
she gets the consolation of burying her face in Xena's chest. Oh, yes, definitely. So there's that at least. He must have known she was she definitely isn't as straight as she thought because he's like, I'll hug you and then I'll go. And then they walk out the door of Sisyphus's great hall, but of course when the doors open it's some pretty clouded light area because, you know, they're using the door as a portal likely to Olympus or wherever Celesta takes the happy souls. Yeah, I could Wikipedia that, but I'm not going to. No, it's not. I mean, <laughs> we we obviously have absolutely no idea which one it really is because we don't know how good of a character he was. Maybe he was a bad dude. So maybe it was like a, a decent heaven, but not like the all the way heaven. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how the layers are. I've work. already done a lot of Wikipediaing for this episode. <laughs> exactly. Worry not. I'm not going to pay any attention. Essentially, he dies. That's the story. And he just yeah. goes in a nicer way than all of Toxic's men do. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And the other thing that I read is apparently Sisyphus tried to cheat death like four or five times. And that's why he was punished. Like, that's what he did to get the eternal punishment. Oh, my God. So you would think if this was his defining bad feature and they stopped him from doing it, like that entirely changes the scope of his life and afterlife. But it's fine. We'll just totally rewrite the myth. But never mention that we're changing history. No, never. That would be too much. Yep. Oh, this episode. Yeah, so that was it. That was the episode. That was literally it. It, it, The dude walks into the the sky again, and then it ends. And I'm just so done with the shocking endings. Like, the unexpected (laughs) endings. I do not like it. It makes me really upset. I feel like I need a second just for them to, like, come back to each other and, like, Xena and Gabrielle to have a moment. And they just don't have a moment. I discover we discover that there are 24 episodes in season one and I have a strict I'll watch anything for the first season rule but I'm gonna say this is almost pushing it (laughs) (laughs) like I just want to get past the first season I really just want to get past this hump but I was looking through the episode titles and I think that we probably have like maybe five more questionable episodes to go before like we get into some like real good like multi-episode plot arcs and stuff yeah so and that's... we don't have to quite wait for season two yeah i'm really excited for getting to the point where we're in multi-episode arcs etc because i feel i'm really don't i don't feel that the show has a good stride when it's only like monster of the week episodes yeah so there's that let's see what else do we got do you want to do your queer wreck? Sure. Guess my who queer wreck. One yet. It's me. <laughs> <laughs> my queer wreck for this week is surprise. It's an audio drama. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my queer wreck for this week is the Love and Luck podcast. It is obviously an audio drama about some queer characters it's slice of life and the framing device is that it's told through voicemails between two guys jason and kane who start going out they go out on their first date and then like you know so like the first voicemail is like i had a good time on our date and then it goes from there and they keep like leaving each other voicemails because they like listening to each other's voice and it's really adorable but there's also like like a magic element that comes in in later episodes. Um, And it's just, it's very, 
soft and adorable. Although later in the later half of season one, there is some like trigger warning for like some homophobic abuse, like off screen that they have to deal with. But but in general, they're just like an adorable couple that like becomes like like the queer dads to their community and it's just so good (laughs) oh i haven't actually listened yet i want to it's on my list i've just been bad because we know how i feel about episodes that are shorter than like 15 minutes it takes me a lot of yeah a lot of the episodes are between like i'd say the earlier episodes are like six minutes maybe and now some of like the later ones are like between like 10 and 15 minutes but they're really good um as their website claims they are australia's first lgbt audio drama podcast so it is made by queer people in australia it's great the accents are great it's really good trans rap i love it so much (laughs) oh Ooh. okay speaking of trans rap actually i don't know if you've done this one yet And it's been your obsession recently, so I may be stealing this from you, so sorry. But Within the Wires, have we done Within the Wires yet? We haven't done Within the Wires. Okay, so uh, this is a wreck coming from both me and Elliot, (laughs) because Elliot just finished Within the Wires, and I'm just beginning season three of Within the Wires, because season three is just slowly coming out. Within the Wires is a Night Vale Presents audio drama that is very queer in all of its seasons and it's just very it's very hard to explain but it takes place in a parallel universe to ours where the timeline is slightly different essentially it seems like everything was the same up until around world war one world war two and then something happened that drastically changed how just we have to exist in general and so the government's different, day-to-day life is different, etc. And the very first season begins with a set of relaxation tapes, and you are the person listening to the relaxation tapes. Uh, and the story slowly unfolds from there. It is a weird start, but you gotta stick with it. It is some good gay shit. And as of season three, every single season is kind of like an anthology of, of a different set of characters that have some relation to the previous season's characters somehow. And so this most recent season is following a brand new set of people from the first and the second season. And the main character is a trans masculine um, person named Michael something, I believe. And he works in the government, which this is the first time that we are seeing any part of the government from basically any standpoint that might actually be like, thinking of it in a more positive way, I think. So Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I'm I'm super excited. The storytelling in this is absolutely phenomenal. I was a massive massive fan of season 2. Elliot adores season 1. Honestly, you can't really go wrong with this podcast if you like kind of weird shit. <laughs> so, it's so good. So <laughs> Love good. it so much. It's so good. Please go and listen to it. I was almost going to say watch it. It's not the same thing. I mean, you could close your eyes and watch it in your brain while listening to it. That is totally true. So That might be really, really creepy, though, for for season one. (laughs) Oh, yeah, that would be really fucking creepy. Season two would be perfect for that, actually, because it's so image heavy. So on that note, now that we have finished our Queer Rex for the episode and... We have finished up a actually like fairly quick episode to explain all things considered. 
Oh, you know what? You know what we didn't do? What? And we keep forgetting we, to do. <laughs> our our bad choices of the episode. Toxius. Is there even a question? Yes. Toxius. No, there isn't. But I feel like he we needed to mention it because we picked Hercules for the last episode and we didn't say that it was his fault. So I want to mention that he sucks. Yeah. One last time. No, good, good, good idea. I'm proud of you. Good job for remembering. We're so good at this. Ah, <sighs> yeah. So that's it. That's the episode. Uh, this is still probably my second favorite episode so far, I will say. So nothing like mind blowing about it. I just like the slight character developments and Gabrielle and yeah. yeah, it was a good one. Yeah. Okie dokie, artichokies. In that case, I think we're going to go ahead and wrap up here. I'll do some quick housekeeping. If you like us and you like our podcast, the best way to spread the word about us would be telling people about it. Or you could rate and review on things such as iTunes or Apple Podcasts. Or if for whatever reason your uh, podcast app lets you do that, please go ahead and do it. Otherwise, subscribe. Subscribing is the other amazing thing that you could do. And if you would like to get in touch with us, we will have all of our links for Twitter, etc. in our descriptions below. But you can also get at us on Twitter at BlairHerNamePod, or you could email us at BlairHerName at gmail.com. We also have a Tumblr. We don't really use it. It's BlairHerName.tumblr.com in case you want to scroll through what's there and all that good shit. We will be back in two weeks and we will see you guys soon with episode 10. And thank you so much for being on this journey with us. We very much appreciate it. You guys are fantastic. Thank you for listening. We love you. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>